Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty, R.E. Lewis 2011, and Ryan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 91 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty, and as always, on this fine Sunday morning, I'm joined by my forever co-host, and headband-wearing brother-in-law. Ryan, what's going on? Yeah, I'm rocking the long hair right now. Um, I was up until like three last night, so I just put a headband in because I didn't have feel like having a hair in my face. Now, you're not going to get like man bun going on, are you? Dude, fuck. If I ever wear a man bun, you should just come over to my apartment and shoot me. Okay, well... Like, yeah. Aggressively shoot me. Wow. Well, I don't know if I want to go that far, but I, I, I will never wear a man. We'll probably bun. lose some respect for you. The man bun's just not for me. Um, Is that still a trend? I haven't seen a man bun in a while. Yeah, I think you know you go out to L.A. There's a lot of man bun wearing people. Yeah, out the there. hipster types. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we haven't really seen people outside in a while because of COVID. Not but. outside of the great state of Ohio, you know, yeah. God's country. But yeah, I've, I haven't overseen many man buns at the pool either so <laughs> yeah yeah but uh but yeah so we are here nine episodes away from the big one zero zero ryan and i have lots of prep and planning to do but i think we do have lots of fun ideas in store for that episode um i don't want to spill the beans yet as we get closer i think we'll kind of start teasing it a little bit more yeah about what's going to be going on what's going to be going down but we will be broadcasting that live on my twitch channel which uh which should which should be really really good times hopefully everyone will be able to make it out hopefully we'll you know stream it at a time where it's kind of uh respectful of people in different time zones i know we got some people across the pond our guy uh, Irish Steeler, what's up, Dean? We got the the Steelers playing tomorrow night against the Giants. Should be a good showdown. But I want to make sure he can pop by, and uh, everyone on the West Coast, East Coast, wherever you are, we want to make sure everyone in the Otaku Brothers community, if they can make it, can be there. Yeah. But speaking of Twitch stuff, Ryan, um, having some computer problems. Yeah, and that will be fixed by episode one hundred. <laughs> it will. So I uh, I bought this laptop that I'm actually not recording on right now. I'm, I'm recording on the same laptop. Uh, it's just Lauren's, but mine, when I got it last July, uh, it's pretty top of the line. I mean, it, I, I don't know the specs because I'm not a good, a big PC guru, um, but I reached out to Jason Heine specifically and I gave him two versions and was like, hey, which of these two rigs would you get? And he's like, honestly, if I had the coin right now, I'd get this one. Um, that's a great setup. It's going to run you for years. You can run it on Mac settings, Twitch, podcasting, whatever you want to do. That computer is going to afford you the ability to do all those things. I was like, all right. So I pulled the trigger on that. And out of the box, like the headphone jack never worked. If it did, like I had to take headphones out, plug them back in and do that like three to five million different times before it actually, like it noticed that that headphone jack was in there. If I go to my sound settings, it says headphones, but I wasn't actually hearing the audio. So from day one, that was kind of crap. Oh, I didn't know that. The speakers were always hit or, hit or miss. If I played YouTube videos, <coughs> listening to Spotify, Twitch streams, whatever it is, I was never consistently able to hear audio out of the speakers. So literally for the past, the better part of six to eight months, I literally have to plug in my Yeti microphone, plug my headphones into my Yeti microphone, and then open voice meter to channel all of the audio through voice meter into my headphones. So it has been a ridiculous effort. And I'm like, this is BS. I need to just figure out what the heck I need to do to get this machine uh, to be working for the money I, I paid for it. So I called Asus support and they said your manufacturer's warranty is over by about a month. So I was like, that's garbage. However, 
I put out 80 whatever it was dollars to get the two-year warranty through a Surian, some third-party provider. And so they said, you need to call them. By the way, it's going to be like an $85 diagnostic fee for them to even take your computer and see what's wrong with it. And I'm thinking like, what? Why do I pay for a warranty service yeah. when you charge me to even get into the door? Uh, thankfully, uh, that was not true. So That's I called good. I called a Surian and they were like, yeah, what's going on with your computer? And I was like, well, the USB ports are super sensitive. Oftentimes they don't work. My speakers don't really work. The headphone jack never works. Um, and it's not like I took like a pot of coffee and just poured it on the computer or dropped it off of a two-story apartment building. Like it just out of the box wasn't really working well. And he's like, oh yeah, that's all covered under under warranty. Um, what I'd suggest you do is do a complete reboot of the machine, wipe everything. You can retain your files, um, but just wipe everything so that the only applications on the machine are the ones that you had out of the box, your basic Microsoft products. And I was like, okay, yeah, I'll do that because then if that fixes all the problems I'm experiencing, then it's more of a software issue as opposed to a hardware issue. And I said, okay, well, like, let's walk through the scenario that I do this reboot it doesn't work, then what happens? And he says, well, then you send the computer in. We run a, um, a three-day diagnostic on it to see what's going on. We repair it if we can. If it's beyond repair, then we'll send you a link to either the same laptop or equivalent or next best machine. You click order. We send you a machine in five days, no questions asked. And I was like, okay, well, even if I run a software reboot or whatever, and I'm still experiencing half of the problems I was, I'm sending this puppy in because I'd much rather get used to that warranty, get a new $1,200 plus machine for free, basically, at that point, yeah. using the warranty as opposed to waiting another year, having more problems, and then the warranty's up, and then I'm just shit out of luck. So I ran the reboot yesterday. I copied because I was worried. I'm like, I'm not going to take a chance to losing all my files. So um, I have all the Otaku Brothers podcast episodes backed up, of course, all my other files backed up on my hard drive externally, externally and... The speakers seem to be working now, but the headphone jack is still just not working. So I was like, even though I'm just sending this in to get the headphone jack replaced, listen, I want the best possible computer that I could get, you know? So I was just like, what the heck? I'll just ship this puppy out. According to the guy, he said it takes however long it takes the courier to get it to them. They run the diagnostic in three days, repair it, send it back within five days. If within three days they can't repair it, they'll reach out to me, send me the link, so really, all in all, I'm going to be running out of a computer or using Lauren's computer to record podcasts for the next month, Okay, you know? Um, so that way, if I can get up and running for October to stream a couple of horror games on Twitch, great. If not, honestly, I, I love a break from Twitch. Yeah. Like, I freaking love streaming on Twitch. It There's no comparable joy in terms of, like, doing this whole podcast stuff. However... My, my my setup here in the one-bedroom apartment is so jank. I literally have my laptop propped up on an Xbox 360 box. I don't have a dual monitor to be able to troubleshoot or keep up with chat. Um, lighting fixtures are garbage. So it's just like, you know what? We're moving forward with the house. Why not just wait until I get set up shop in the game room at the new place, get cozy, get comfortable, consistent lighting, and uh, at that point, just kind of like a mental refresh button. Yeah, as no, well. that'll be good for you. So I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, this is kind of like, I guess, my, my formal announcement that uh, I'm taking a hiatus on Twitch streaming. Yeah, you. Th- that'll be a good break. I'm excited to see what your game room will eventually look like with yeah, your new I, couch. It's going to be sweet. Yeah, Lauren and I, we went furniture shopping yesterday. 
Um, I got her to buy into the the couch that I really wanted. I wanted to get kind of like a four person sofa that had all the little fixtures and doodads of this uh, love seat that I ended up going with. Yeah, but the the couch was just too long. I didn't think it was very practical. And so what I ended up getting, if you didn't see the the picture on Discord, is kind of a love seat with um, two real seats that uh, have reclining buttons. So you can cre- press a little button to recline back. You can also kind of adjust the headrest a little bit. And then there's a middle console for, for drink holders. You can lift up the flap if you want to have, you know, some snacks in there, throw some potato chips or whatever you want. Um, and then there's also kind of like these LED lights on the bottom that you can kind of configure to make whatever color you want. So, of course, I'm going with objectively the best color ever, purple. Purple. Um, so, yeah, the biggest thing right now that I'm trying to figure out and map out is where I'm going to be placing the the shelving unit with all of my games that is currently in route, um, the gaming desk that I also got. Yeah. And then um, I already have like a nice little or a, 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 a functional entertainment center mm-hmm. and then during black friday i'll probably snag a nice tv and mount that on the wall and uh, yeah i don't know I- i'm super excited over the moon um but i didn't want to do twitch streams kind of half baked right now where my laptop's kind of just chugging along so um we'll figure all that out it'll be good we'll be back better than ever here in a couple months uh certainly m- at the very least we'll be back with my tw- twitch debut for episode 100 of the otaku brothers show yeah no i'm excited so but, uh, but yeah, no, I'll just keep talking. You know, it's good stuff. Uh, okay. Furniture shopping <laughs> is... You have a lot to say. ...crazy stressful and anxiety-inducing. Um, Lauren and I went to um, Lowe's yesterday to get a washer and dryer. How was that? Dude, homeownership is just <laughs> freaky. Like, th- how quickly you can just drop thousands of dollars is painful, just to watch the amount of money coming out of your bank account, let alone the the twenty percent down payment that we'll be doing here in a week and a half. Hopefully, which, the washer and dryer lasts longer than your computer did. <laughs> yeah, well, if they don't, thankfully we got a five year warranty. Okay. on that, that's so that's no questions asked. They'll come out, repair, um, ship us off a new one if things get screwed up. Um, but it was it was funny because I remember as a kid, and I'm sure many people can relate, going to your Home Depots and Lowe's of the world was just excruciatingly painful as a kid. Oh, I loved it. Dude, the aisles of wood and just smelling the wood. Oh, and all the lamps and lighting fixtures and toilets. Yeah, just lights everywhere, all the chandeliers. it was the worst. And so I I hated that. But as an adult, you're walking through and it's like, oh, that's a nice grill. Look at those trimmers. Look at that lawnmower. You know, you're looking at all these (laughs) things now that it's like, instead of the hottest, latest, and greatest piece of tech uh, for Christmas, asking your parents for that, it's like, Forget Hot Shots Golf Three, Dad. I want I want a new lawnmower. I want a bunch of doorknobs. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's uh, it's definitely a sign of like moving on to that next chapter of your life. Is it scary? That it's you're freaky. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's really weird because pretty soon, you know, it's the next thing is like walking through baby aisles and everything. Like, else. Oh, look at these high end diapers. I like this. It's weird. Yeah. Well, the crazy Huggies extreme. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Well, so we get this. We will um went to this furniture place to get the chair lauren wanted to find some accent chairs for the for the family room as well and so this this sales lady the moment we walk in there was like this leather couch on the right so of course i did like a backflip somersault right onto that bad boy was just sprawling out getting cozy getting comfy and this lady comes over and is just super excited to be alive 
really happy to be our new salesperson for furniture. And she's walking us through like, here at Sandy Big Time Furniture, we have four levels of quality. We have our platinum brand, which is our super high-end, well-made stuff, then gold, silver, and bronze. And she kind of showed us these um, prototype designs for all this different furniture, what kind of goes into these 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 things so the springboards the the wood the cushions the all that kind of stuff so lauren and i are kind of going back and forth about a number of different things she kind of likes some accent chairs but the lady was saying like because of all the delays in manufacturing some of this stuff might not be in for at least until the first of the year not that we're in a huge rush to furnish things but we do kind of want to make the home homey yeah um and so she was kind of just signing us up for stuff. So that original couch that I like, I liked, she was like, um, yeah, so we'll put you on the list right now. And I was like, no, I just said I was kind of interested in the, the couch. I was wondering, like, do you guys have any in stock? What's it going to take to deliver the couch? How, when can we expect something to be delivered? She's like, I'll just add you to the list now. And I was like, no, 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 you're not going to do that. So we went, she's like, well, I'll take Lauren into the other side of the, the place and we'll look at accent chairs. So they look at accent chairs. They find two that Lauren really likes. And she asked me what I thought and it was very cozy and comfortable. So then she was finding out patterns. Well, this lady was probably like in her 50s and I almost felt like she was coming on to me. Like it was kind of uncomfortable. Do you want to get on my accent chair? <laughs> yeah. So she took me to the other end without Lauren. Reupholster to lo- me. <laughs> to look at the couch. And... Um, I fell in love with the love seat at that point. I was like, I think that's the way to go. Ryan and I can kick back, play some Halo Infinite in a year from now, yeah. eat some Doritos, pound some Mountain Dew. It'll be good times. So I was like, let's go with that. She's like, okay, well, let's go back to the desk and uh, we'll get Lauren. We'll sit down. We'll kind of walk through the delivery and all that kind of stuff. So we sit down and she's kind of typing everything up, figuring out, taking off the discount because if we paid X amount of dollars, you get 10% out off on our purchase. So she was taking the 10% off on each item or whatever and then um she kind of looks like looks over it at me and says um it's gonna be a couple months or not a couple months it's gonna be a couple weeks before we can get this couch in and I said that's fine she's like but I'll text you when it's in I'll give you updates (laughs) and I was like uh this is weird but whatever okay that's fine you're just a salesperson doing your job and then she's like you probably need a business card so she sticks her hand down her bra and whips out a business card and hands it to me that can't be real. I'm not kidding. I can, I, I can go get Lauren. Seriously, she'll vouch for me. Yikes. She pulled. I was like, "What else you got growing down there? You got like bird <laughs> pulls out like a sandwich. Bird's You're like, oh, or something. Here's my lunch." It was very uncomfortable and strange. Even Lauren and I walking out of the place were just like, "What was that? That was like the weirdest interaction <laughs> I've had with a salesperson ever." I'm, I'm picturing uh, this is probably not what you look like. The receptionist girl from Monsters Inc. Mike Wazowski, and she just pulls a di- like business cards out of whatever orifice. Yeah, sure. The listeners can kind of go ahead with that. You know, that's what you look like. Description. Yeah, that just put picture that, and then that nasty old lady just puts her hand down her bra strap and then Ugh. rips out a business card. It was really uncomfortable <clears throat> and weird. All in all, Lauren and I walked away with an awesome couch. We didn't move forward with the accent chairs because. They, we needed to customize the design, so she was thinking like even post first of the year. Okay. We were just like at this point, like they were pretty expensive too. It's like, do we really want to put put out that amount of cash when we could we could put that into something else? That's grocery bills. That's a whole bunch of other stuff. So, all in all, yesterday we got a, a washer and dryer and uh, the love seat. Yeah, busy day, but for sure, yeah. exciting times ahead. Yeah, no, um, 
it'll be a good time once you guys move in. Yeah. No, I'm excited it, to see what it looks like because I haven't seen it at all. I've just seen pictures online. Which is kind of purposeful. Like, not so much you, but certainly the parents. We didn't want them walking through and be like, well, guys, did you really did you really do your due diligence and think yeah. about this? Like, you're going to have to replace these doors in a couple of years. This doesn't look good. Oh, this looks like there could be a potential leak problem. It's just like, we're adults. <laughs> we did our research. We made it a... You just casually didn't look at a house and then bought it on a whim. We're not casually dropping hundreds of thousands of dollars on something that we're not invested in. Yeah. You know, and this is something that we foresee ourselves really being anchored here, beginning the next chapter in our lives and staying here for 10, 15, 20 years, you know? Yeah. This is the next real deal for the for the Lewis gang, the, the Scooby gang, so. Yeah. No, I'm excited to see it. But enough of my ramblings, man. I took 16 minutes away from you. What's going on with you No, it's all right. Um... It's been a week. Um, we had a four-day week, which is awesome. That um, was nice. I forgot about that. It, it felt like a full week, <laughs> to be honest. Still painful. Um, yeah, no, I am too. Um, I think Wednesday is when I got the announcement of, hey, so uh, next week you get to stay up on third shift to talk to Japan every day. Yikes. So starting Wednesday night, I stayed up until 2 and then got up for early meetings so my sleep schedule's just been really off, but I have to start working tonight at 8, which is going to suck. And then I work from 8 to 3.30 or so. And then, yeah, I have meetings tomorrow during the day. It's not a good time. So last night I was up until 3 and I'm running on like 5 hours of sleep. That's rough. Yeah, but lots of Minecraft. I played a shit ton of Solitaire. Yeah? Um, In Spider Solitaire, I'm level 30 which whatever that means i'm yeah. like a grand master of solitaire now good for you yeah the thing that pisses me off about solitaire though is on this computer and i don't know if it's on all computers but they have ads in between games have mm. you noticed that or do you not play solitaire yeah it's been a couple like decades <laughs> since i've played solitaire <laughs> <Okay>. and minesweeper <laughs> that's probably that's fair no solitaire actually i probably played I'd rarely play games on my phone, but when yeah. I'm um, on airplanes, I'll typically just listen to podcasts and play solitaire. Okay. Passes the time really fast. It does. No, it's great. Um, I'm just surprised they would have, like, on the older computers, you could just play game after game of solitaire. Now it's like, hey, you can buy premium solitaire for $2 a month and you don't get ads in between each match. That's so strange. I'm like, why are you putting ads on my computer for, like, all these mobile games? Oh, so they're mobile. I was going to say, is it catered to like the things you've been searching on Amazon or something like that? Or is it? Yeah. No. It's no. not. Okay. Do you well, want no, a lawnmower? I mean, no, yeah. it's like Clash of Clans, Returns, or like those little like, um, what's it, Candy Crush type games? The knockoff ones. Yeah. Yeah. So that's irritating, but yeah. What is the difference between Spider Solitaire and Regular Solitaire? Um, so you have to go into the forest outside of Hogwarts to play Spider Solitaire. Oh, okay. Yeah, to get talk to Aragog. Yeah. And then once you get his permission, he actually can get you premium Spider Solitaire. What a game. Yeah. I mean, you got to love Hagrid. Mm, good guy. Um, He was actually the founder of Spider Solitaire. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. Freaking muggles. So, um, Spider Solitaire, I, I don't really... So, I don't even know how to explain it. You have like the deck that you can kind of filter through, but you have, how do I, there's like cards lined up and you get to see all of them. And then when you click on the deck at the bottom, a lot, a card goes on each one of the decks. Okay. And you have to slowly, I guess, make all the suits king to ace and then it goes away. 
Okay, so kind of similar to like the original, except it's not like the kind four of, the four decks up top. Yeah, you don't have the four aces at the top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, gotcha. It's really hard to explain card games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you don't have a whiteboard and you can't <laughs> flail your arms around and have an audience in front of you, there was one type of solitaire. Um, I I don't know what it's called. I just couldn't get the a handle on it. Was it free cell solitaire? Is that the original one? Uh, I'm not super well versed in the world of. <laughs> yeah, there was like six options, and I was like, I just know spiders, so I'll go with that one. Nice, but that's pretty much the only big news in my life is I get to be Ooh. punished and work third shift. Okay. Um. So yeah. Good stuff. Well, speaking of news that isn't really directly affecting our lives, there was lots of video game news this week. Yes, there was. And that's directly affecting our lives. Yeah, it kind of actually is, I guess, in a roundabout way. Uh, very important. It's certainly going to affect where we, we spend our dollars here. And uh, just two months, actually. Yes. We're actually under two months of the release of both the Xbox Series X and the Xbox Series S. So earlier last week, I have an article pulled up here with the actual details of what's going to be going down. Um, so here we go. This is from Matt Miller of Game Informer fame. What? Oh, no, this is the difference between the two. We don't want that. We actually want the details of the release date and price. Yeah, so we're going to ramble off specs for like 30 minutes. I, I have those up just in case people are curious. We can go through those if you want. However, what I will say first is I think it's incredibly unfortunate. I think we may have kind of talked about this, or maybe it was on the Discord specifically. But what I was saying is it sucks to be in a world now where Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, whoever... <coughs> Some of their biggest bombshell announcements get leaked before they get the chance to talk about them themselves. Yeah. Can you imagine, and I'll use Nintendo as the example, if we didn't know about these Nintendo or these Mario remasters for like the past five or six months, you know, I don't know where that rumor started, but someone had to have had concrete details because it was pretty much beat for beat what we ended up getting. Yeah. But like if months went by and we were all just like, Nintendo, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then someone was like, reminds, reminds us that hey, it's the 35th anniversary of Mario. You think they're going to do something for that? Who knows? And then out of nowhere, they drop a trailer, Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, all in one cart, in addition to everything else they had in that Mario Direct. People would have lost their minds, and I don't think people would have been as critical of like, hey, these are just basic ports of the original games with soft touch-ups of the graphics, because we wouldn't have had lofty expectations for five months of what those games should have been in our minds. Similar to like Pokemon Snap. I don't think we knew about Pokemon Snap. No, we didn't. That was out of left field. Everyone was super hyped about that Losing their shit because people have been clamoring for a new Pokemon Snap game for years. It's been, what, 21 years since the Pokemon Snap on the N64. Um, So I think on the same train of thought, it sucks that Xbox wasn't able to come forward and say, these are the dates of the Series X and Series S. These are the prices. However, I think it was last Sunday, um, we got confirmation that the Series X, or the, fuck me, the Series <laughs> S is coming out at two ninety nine. Yes. We got a picture of the box, someone leaked the trailer, the whole nine, and the following day, Xbox confirmed on Instagram that yes, the Series S is coming on November 10th at two ninety nine. It is a full digital console, and then two or three days later, they also said, Whatever we were, Phil Spencer himself even came out and said this was supposed to happen next week, but here it is because it was leaked anyways. The Series S is coming at three three hundred, Series X at five hundred. So here is the actual article from Game Informer or Chief Game Informer editor Andrew Reiner. He says 
Microsoft's high-end next-generation console has been priced and dated and can be pre-ordered on September 22nd. Series X will launch on November 10th for $499. This announcement comes just days after the leak and eventual reveal of the Series S, a slimmed-down next-gen Xbox console that will retail for $299 and also arrive on November 10th. Xbox Series X has been the focus of Microsoft's communication about its next-gen machines and will be the one that offers all the bells and whistles. The hope is this console will deliver true 4K gaming, which should be possible with its 12 teraflops of power and 1 terabyte custom SSD. We still don't have all of the performance specs for Series S, um, which at this point I believe we do, which is the next article I have. But before I go into that jargon, Ryan, what are your thoughts on this announcement? No, I agree. It sucks that it was um, leaked. Mm -hmm. Um, I hope they come out and do a full show similar to what Sony's going to do. Yeah. Um, maybe poke fun at it, make fun of yourself, similar to like the refrigerators being a Series X mm-hmm. in their original show. But I'm excited to have some news finally. Yeah. Um, of what the future holds, but it's disappointing that it was all over tweet and yeah. If they can do a full show, I'll be happy. Um, it, we at least start the hype train again. I mean, we, we have the ability to speculate on the PS5 stuff that's mm-hmm. happening next week. Yeah. If we can do that same speculation on what's going to be covered in an Xbox show for like 20, 30 minutes, doesn't have to be long, but we can start up that train again. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that I, I would hope Microsoft does at this point is just a shorter conference to say, He's, here are the games coming out day one for the Series X yeah. uh, and S for that matter, and kind of, again, continue to hype up the Game Pass thing. And I think the biggest takeaway from from this is, and, and probably the coolest thing, and why I'm really excited to maybe get a Series X and pre-order that, I'm still up in the air, which we'll get to that with what PS5 uh, could potentially do to sway yeah. where my dollars go this fall. Um, I don't think anyone can argue that Xbox is doing literally everything right for this next generation in terms of accessibility, affordability, being consumer focused, getting as many games into people's hands as possible day one with as cheap as they could possibly go. And Game Pass offers that. I think what's phenomenal is that the Series S allows people that maybe um, have been saving their dollars to potentially buy in for both consoles because I think it's, it's probably fair to say that the majority of people that play video games today, not the majority of the people that listen to this podcast, but the average gamer out there doesn't care about getting Miles Morales in a physical case. Yeah. They don't care about getting Cyberpunk 2077 in a physical case. They just want to play Cyberpunk, Halo Infinite, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, FIFA, Madden, whatever it is. They just want to play that game. They don't care about shoving that disc or case on their shelf. For $300... You can play all of those games out of a box without the all of the the cases and you know yeah. s- shelf space and stuff like that. And Microsoft dropped another bombshell. EA Game Pass, er, uh, EA Play coming to Game Pass. This other article I have up here. Microsoft's Xbox Game Pass subscription already gives you players access to over 100 games, and that number is about to skyrocket with the addition of EA Play. This holiday, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and Game Pass for PC will get an EA Play membership for no additional charge. EA Play has its own subscription service that costs $4.99 a month or $20.99 per year, and this allows players to explore the publisher's diverse catalog of games, which currently offers uh, 60 titles, 
such as Titanfall 2 and Mass Effect. While EA's newest releases aren't often available to play in their variety or their entirety, members do frequently get 10-hour trials of some of the new games. Right now, you can log 10 hours into NFL or Madden 21 and FIFA 21. I mean, this is just mind-boggling. The fact that I never have to buy a physical copy of Madden again because I can go ahead and just play it on Game Pass. Yeah, no, that's it's great for the Xbox um, fans. Um, I I considered getting the Series S, um, but we'll, we'll have to see what comes for the PS5. Um, I, I probably wouldn't get the Game Pass specifically for EA stuff, but Titanfall, hopefully Anthem's on there. I, that one looks intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it's really exciting for the, all of that value that they added for free. Yeah, I mean, I think people are far more interested in investing to that ecosystem because of um, most of the people that have an Xbox today, and even the people that don't have an Xbox, um, this is a very affordable way to get in and just play all of those games very affordably. Uh, and we don't know what the price is for PS5 yet. I mean, I we'll, we'll get into the details of where we think they're going to come in at, but I, I, at the very end of the day, it's like, why not get both? If you yeah. have the money, let's just say PS5 is 500, then an additional 300 to get everything that Series uh, S has to offer plus Game Pass. That's that's an insane value. Game Pass is what, $15 a month? There's a couple different packages. The- I think maybe Game Pass Ultimate is 15 and regular is 10 bucks. Okay. Ultimate, I think you have it both on Xbox and PC. I, I don't know the finer details, but um, certainly, you know, you look at a console that, you know, they're launching in the fall and they don't have a system seller. Comeback Kid himself, probably one of the biggest fans of Xbox in our uh, talk about this community, said himself, like, he doesn't think he's going to be investing day one in the new Xbox because there isn't that killer app. And he mm-hmm. already has a One X or a One S or whatever he has. So he can play all the Game Pass offerings without having to get the next shiny product. Yeah. Um, But Microsoft is capitalizing on that and saying, like, hey... We understand that people might not be getting the Series X day one, but here's the Series S where it's a lot cheaper and you can still get that next fancy shiny machine uh, affordably. I think that's a win for them. And no, I think the 300 price point is huge. Yeah. Um, I It wouldn't be as alluring if it was closer to 400, yeah. which is probably where the PS5 Slim is going to come in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 300, that's probably what you can buy an old system for. That's how much a Switch is going yeah. for. And honestly, I think this... I don't think the Series X is going to sell at Gangbusters this fall because 500 is a steep price just to get things running faster, uh, more powerfully. And a system like that is only as good as the games you get to experience yeah. faster, more powerfully. The load times are great and graphically look like next-gen. Uh, if you can get a comparable game experience with something that's $200 cheaper, that's where people are going to go. Yeah, I mean, for sure. me personally... I don't like the idea of a digital-only machine because I have my copy of Jade Empire and Morrowind and whatever else I have on the original Xbox back there, and then my Xbox 360 games and Xbox One games that I want to be able to shove into that machine. So that's why I'm still leaning more towards Series X. And for me, 500 is kind of like the tipping point. I'm not going above that. Yeah. I, I literally don't care what PS5 has above or at launch. If it's $600, there's literally no way i'm investing day one yeah i i hope it doesn't come out at 600 that would be another ps3 situation um i i don't know how much profit they'll make if they go any lower i mean i don't know if they're taking a loss at 300 oh they i think they absolutely are. are um 
get it out in the market, but I, I mean, it's tough to say. It's a hard one. I think they are and they are not because they're no longer producing Xbox One X's or S Digitals. Yeah. So that's two consoles that they're no longer manufacturing. So that's a lot of dollars back in their pocket. And now they're selling the Series S at 300. However, um, it's, I think, almost as powerful or just as powerful as the One X. So it's it's tough to say. I think you're splitting hairs at this point of whether, yeah. how big of a loss are they actually taking? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't care if they're taking a loss. It'll just be... They're probably going to sell mostly S's, opposed to X's right out of the gate. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and then next next year they have the the possibility of having a um, a Series X special edition Halo Infinite console, <laughs> which will sell a gangbusters. Everyone yeah. and their brother is going to want that console. In two and a half years, there's going to be a Series X Slim. You better believe it. So, um, I think they're setting themselves up in a really good place. If they only had the Series X. I think it'd be game over for them. Yeah. I think the Series S for them is a huge win. And so I, I applaud them with that move. I think it's it's awesome. No, it is awesome. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, but on the other side of things, at this point, it's like, okay, well, the ball's in, in Sony's court. When are they going to come forward and actually say what their console's selling for, what we can expect at launch, and when the hell is the console actually coming out? And so as we all kind of anticipated and expected, um, when was this? This was just yesterday morning. They announced, this is an article from IGN, Adam Bankhurst, sounds like a playable skater in Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, (laughs) says, Sony has announced that a PlayStation 5 showcase will broadcast live on Wednesday, September 16th, 2020, at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern. Announced on PlayStation Blog, this showcase will feature updates on the latest titles from Worldwide Studios and our world-class development partners. It's not specifically mentioned, but one could assume that we will also find out the price and release date of both the PS5 and PS5 Digital Edition, as Microsoft has finally revealed that both the Series X and S will be released on the 10th at 500 and 300 respectively. This will be the first uh, PS5-focused event since the reveal of the console itself, such as the PS5 games like Miles Morales and Horizon Forbidden West. So, Ryan, I guess my question to you is, we've talked a gazillion times at this point on the show about the the price and release date, but where do you think Sony's going to come in now that they know where the Series X and Series S are priced at? Um, I think it's going to probably be 500 to match the Series X mm-hmm. um, for the physical version. Um, they're not going to do 300 for the discless. It's probably going to be 400 or 450. Yeah. Um, I'm fine with either of those for the discless price. I, maybe 50 bucks is a small split, so I'm kind of leaning towards 400. Um, I, I'm curious how much Microsoft's leaks pulled forward Sony's event, or if they originally planned on doing that that week. You know, it's interesting you say that because with Phil Spencer saying that, you know, we were originally going to announce this next week. Yeah. You almost think, are they talking behind that's the scenes? A, yeah, because that's what like, I as well. like we want all of this to kind of go out in one fell swoop, and we kind of just like we want all gamers to understand that we all just love video games, and we all want you to experience yeah. the best video games have to offer on any console. So yeah, all this information is going to come out in the same week. I don't know; it's tough to say. I mean, Xbox even tweeted on National Video Games Day because. It was National Video Games Day yesterday, yeah. I guess, because whatever. Uh, I feel like every day is a national Everything something day. Everything has a day. Yeah. yeah. Donut day, like have a dog day. Yeah. 
But they announced, we don't care where you play your games, we just love video games or whatever. And they had a a picture of a PC, an Xbox, a PS5, and a Switch. Um, I mean, obviously, there's some kind of competitive nature between them, probably. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it kind of leads me to believe, yeah, maybe maybe they did plan to release all this stuff at once on the same day or in the same Just imagine that phone call like, hey, I know we're trying to like compete for the same market share and like you guys crushed us last event, but or last uh, generation, but you want to wait until like a month before everything releases? Yeah, it's tough to say. Um, I guess what's what's interesting though is, of course, the next thing is what, and I guess let's get back to price here. Um, I think same as you. I think five hundred and either four fifty or four hundred for the digital one. Um, there's no way they're gonna sell a PS5 digital for three hundred. I just no. They can't. There's no reason for them to go that low because they have the software, the titles, p- for people to buy in day one at four hundred or four fifty. Yeah. People will be buying that machine for four hundred and four fifty for three hundred. They're gonna create a supply and demand nightmare, and they're also gonna lose out a lot. A lot of if yeah. if they do go that route. So. And what I've said, or um, listening to the Kind of Funny Games cast at this point, it's like, you know, Tim Gettys was saying, why not just go 600 Because the worst they can do is just... Reduce the price. Reduce the price. You can't release it at 500 and then it sells out and say... Oh, we need 600 During our next shipment, we're actually going to charge 600 for these machines. You know, and, why and not I, go 700 Get ballsy. 700 would be a nightmare <laughs> for them. I don't think they want to re- create the, the PS3 thing. Yeah. I think the accessories are going to be the thing that really drives up the cost for the PS5. And I think so too. And I'm I think that's afraid. Yeah. Well, I think that's why they're going or willing to go down to 500 because in order to experience the best the PlayStation 5 has to offer and the new technology of DualSense and 3D audio, yeah. you're going to want those headphones and you're going to want a, and a second controller if you have another friend playing the game with you. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious if this generation of PS5 is going to do more co-op. Because, I mean, Sony is kind of known for the single-player games, which mm-hmm. I'm cool with. Like, I love the shit out of those. But mm-hmm. um, I wonder if they're going to have more co-op this generation. It's tough to say. I mean, I don't think there's many games I'm trying to think of their catalog, especially this past generation. You have your Bloodborns, your Horizons, your Last of Us, your... God of War. Those are all very single-player, story-driven, yeah. focused adventures, which I honestly kind of prefer that. I think playing something like Uncharted Lost Legacy together with a friend, if that was playable co-op, yeah. I think that would have been really fun because you have Chloe and Nadine going through that whole adventure together. But um, outside of that, I, I go to Xbox for my Halo Infinites. You know, yeah. I expect to get those Gears of War multiplayer-focused adventures from them. Yeah. And Sony has always been, at least for this past generation, uh, my single-player machine, uh, which I'm kind of okay with. Imagine Ratchet and Clank, the new one, because isn't there that like girl? Clank, yeah, when you go Ratchet. into the not the Nexus, but whatever the subtitle is for that game. Yeah, um, that would be a cool one co-op. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Um, I like. I'll probably just buy one controller. My investment will probably be just in the headphones. So let's just take Series S and X out of it. You know your interest in that. Let's just focus on specifically the PlayStation Five. Yeah. Um, what three games would you need to go in day one if it's 500? Um, my computer just turned off. I think Demon Souls would be day one for me to go. Ratchet and Clank looked amazing, so probably that. Um, 
Gran Turismo doesn't really do much for me. Yeah. Spider-Man would be really cool, too. I would love Elden Ring, day one. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> if, if we that, ever see that game. I don't even know if, yeah, if we're ever going to see that game again. Yeah. It's tough to say... Um, you know, again, I, I've talked that it's tough for me to invest in the next PlayStation console right now because I haven't even played the 2016 Ratchet and Clank game on my PS4 yeah. yet. So while this new one's going to look nice and shiny and fancier, I haven't even played Tools of Destruction or um, whatever the heck the other was was on the PS3. I own both of them, but it's like I haven't played two generations of Ratchet and Clanks. So to pay yeah. $500 plus to play the next one is a tough sell for me. Demon Souls, I think, is a huge one. Spider-Man Miles Morales is... I want nothing more than to play that game day one because Miles Morales was one of the biggest highlights of that game yeah. and the potential of his character in a whole video game centered and focused around his story, I think, would be just phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it'd be really cool to see how the two Spider-Mans interact yeah. based off of like, the end of that game. No doubt. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think for me... In order to buy in day one, because now another thing I don't think we've talked about on the show, because it's so, the news is so fresh, is Kena Bridge of Spirits has been delayed until Q1 2021. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things, though, it's like make the best game possible, no problem, not a big deal. Because that's the two brothers. I mean, right? Yeah, that development studio where the two brothers kind of came together and, and made yeah. that 3D platformer adventure game uh, in a really interesting fantasy setting. So with that game delayed until Q1... Um, I want to play Miles Morales, Ratchet and Clank, I don't need to play day one. I want to play Astro's Playroom, but I feel like that's going to be more of a tech demo to showcase what the machine can do. I think at this point, I almost need something, and this is me being very greedy because I already have so many Xbox games that I want to play day one yeah. on the Series X. I almost need like a game we don't know about yet for them to say like, hey, this is also coming holiday season or this is coming day one. Maybe Bloodborne remaster? They wouldn't do two. I mean, Blue Point Studios is already working on the Demon Souls remake. They're not going to do a Bloodborne at the same time. Um, I don't know what that game would be. It wouldn't be an Ape Escape. It wouldn't be like a God of War 2 because you haven't played the first one. Yeah, and Hotshots Golf, surprisingly... Hotshots Golf or Everybody's Golf 2 would be up there in terms of selling it for me. Because if I can get, by Christmas... Miles Morales, I'd, I'd buy Ratchet and Clank. Yeah. Um, uh, Demon Souls remake, and like a Hot Shots Golf plus Astro's Playroom, to have like those five games for the first four to five months of the machine, and then with the expectation potentially that Horizon's coming next Christmas or something like that, or so, Q1 2022. So how much do you think of that lineup they're going to show, or what do you expect from the Wednesday? I think they're going to really focus on the holiday season. What's coming day one, what's coming in the holiday season and the spring of next year. Um, I don't foresee them showing any more Forbidden West unless that game is actually ready for like a March spring release, which I don't see that being the case. I could see them doing some gameplay. Just another teaser. Like it doesn't have to be long, longer than Fable. But like, I, I feel like even 30 seconds of gameplay just to show one fight with one new monster i think the way i see it is it'd be more of like at the end of it to kind of cap off the show it would be a montage of a bunch of gameplay for ratchet and clank gran turismo all these launch games kana miles morales and then maybe they show like a six second clip of aloy 
locking her bow and shooting something like that where it actually looks like it's in game something different than what we've already seen to this point but i think it's tough for them to have airtime for a game that's a year plus out when you're trying to get people to buy this machine for the games that you can play in the next three months yeah that's fair yeah I would still like for them to tease some of the stuff. Like, after they go through, obviously, the launch window, the holiday, um, and say, like, here's what we have on the horizon, pun intended. Yeah. And I would love if they capped off with, like, hey, God of War 2, it's in the works kind of thing, and show a short trailer with that. See, I think I'd, I'd rather have them do that, because we already, we've already seen enough of Horizon Forbidden West. Yeah. We already know that game looks stunningly beautiful. I think to this point, based on all the next-gen games we've seen... That's the one that I think graphically looked most impressive yeah. and looked like that's a next generation game. That's not possible on current day machines. So I think we we know enough about that. We expect it to be again a year plus out or whatever it's going to be. But if they can tease a God of War 2 or they can tease a next Uncharted or whatever Naughty Dog is currently working on, maybe it's Naughty Dog's next game and it's not Uncharted and it's not Last of Us. Yeah. It's not Donkey or it's not um oh frick man if it's Jack and Daxter that that would be, get my Nostalgic juice is flowing. I think that Jimmy's would, rolling. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think, yeah. The rumor right now to kind of bring things back here is that uh, Josh was saying that it's the next Silent Hill. Okay. Um, That's kind of like the very soft rumors going around. As a launch game or as a tease? Probably as a tease. Okay. I think the, the only reason why I don't think that would be, it'd be a big deal, but I think... Coming away from the Resident Evil 8 reveal... It would almost detract from that. And we need something that's not horror. I think we need something that caters to more of a broader audience, yeah. like an Uncharted, like a Last of Us, like a Next God of War. I don't know what that is, but... No, I, I would agree. That's a really niche market. Or maybe not niche, but definitely isolating themselves to be like, oh, are we supposed to all be hyped for, say, a platformer? Because like, the average you- person, if I ask Dylan... You know what Silent Hill is? Uh, no. Like, the average person doesn't know what Silent Hill is. Tons of people do. I'm not, don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. sure Twitter would erupt. But, like, look at the num- Look at your followers. Look at the people you follow. It's the people that are very invested in video games day to day. They're following all the news. The average person that's picking up a console this fall is doesn't know what Silent Hill is. Yeah. I, that's why I don't think they'd probably do something like a Hotshot Skulf. Um, because that would be very niche as well. I don't know. I mean, I think, I don't know. I'm probably speaking at a turn with the whole Silent Hill comment, but maybe Silent Hill really would get people super pumped. I don't know. It's tough to say. I don't know what would get people over the moon excited, more so than the things that they've already shown to this point. I think at this point, it would need to be a game that has a long-running franchise like Uncharted. Do you think it has to be something that's exclusive to Sony, or even if they show something that's no, across all platforms? Like, I don't think I'm so. I'm still hoping for Elden Ring. Yeah. It's been a year. Show us fucking literally anything. And just say, we're still making this game. I think it's so tough again. But yeah, but that would take away from Demon's Demon Souls. Demon Souls. So... But I think to your point about third party, yes, because people got super excited during the PlayStation Showcase about Hitman 3, about Resident Evil 8, about a number of different games that we know very well are coming to the Series X as well. Yeah. You know, so I, I don't think it's, I think it would certainly be in their interest to get the first look at, at a game Yeah. that's third party on uh, this reveal thing. 
but I don't know, with the way they pitch this here, um, feature updates on the latest titles from Worldwide Studios and our world-class development partners. When I hear world-class development partners, I feel like those are people in direct relation to Sony, like your Insomniacs, your Naughty yeah. Dogs, the people that develop games specific for the PS5. Hmm. No, yeah, that does read that way. So do you think they're going to show any indie stuff then? Oh, yeah, I think it's inevitable it's, that they'll have like a little indie montage. Okay. Maybe two or three, four games, yeah. It's weird to think that our most anticipated game is Kano, which is indie. Yeah. It just looks like it's catering to all of my uh, my gaming tastes. Yeah, cute little furry guys and fun combat. Well, speaking of, we'll quickly go into this and then we can kind of change the topic here or continue to talk. We can talk about this as long as we want. But uh, Game Informer, their, their cover reveal this month was uh, Kane of Bridge of Spirits. And they were talking that the, um, the little black little furry creatures are called Rot, like R-O-T. Okay. They can't die. They help you in combat and then you can outfit them with different hats. Dude, that that makes me so happy. Like, come on, really? Yeah. Like, that's, dude. Video games are the best. Dude, adorable things. Like, yeah. So, what what do you think you're gonna decorate your guys? Do you think you can do like individual hats for each one of them? I don't know. Or do you think it's gonna be like everyone? Let's all parade in in like fedoras and like suits and stuff. It'd be so freaking cool if you could just throw some sunglasses on them, fedoras, backwards <sighs> caps. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking of like the Pikmin, right? They're all different colors. I wonder if they're going to go that route with like, I think this it, guy gets a sombrero. This one gets a ball cap. Yeah. Well, I think you need to find a way to change their appearance. You know, yeah. I think that that's going to be a fun way to kind of um, customize your little friends. Can you imagine like, imagine like them like with a little pipe blowing bubbles and just like all this adorable shit. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was an intense mood before, so we had to lighten it up by giving them hats, right? Exactly. Plus, like, um, the main character kind of looks like, uh, what's her name? Vanellope from yeah. uh, Wreck-It Ralph. You know, she kind of has that, uh, her face, facial structure and the, the hair tied up kind of looks like that. Um, I think this game is just going to play like a whimsical Pixar fairy tale, like Brave or something like that, which I'm all for. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm really excited for that one. It, it's sad that they're pushing it back, but... Yeah, I mean, if they can show even more indie games that are to the quality of Kena, I'd be happy with that as well. More 3D Ripley. platformers. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I think that's probably enough about the Xbox Series X and S stuff and the PlayStation 5, but definitely topic of discussion next weekend. We'll be able yeah. to kind of circle back and hear and see and discuss whatever the heck they're going to show during that showcase on Wednesday. Um, should be exciting times, but Ryan as we always do on the Otakubus podcast. We talk about the games that we've been playing recently. Yes. What have you been playing this week? Anything outside of uh, Spider Solitaire? Uh, barely. <laughs> okay. That It takes over my life. Like, it's such a good game. And it's so freaking basic. Do you know if Minesweeper... I, I've been in Craven's of Minesweeper as well. I just haven't gotten around that to it. That game is rigged. It's not even a game. Dude, it's the most intense game. I never really understood what you're supposed to do so like the numbers tell you how many bombs are touching it yeah so like if there's a one so say it's like untouched you click one like one square has eight possible bombs around it Mm -hmm. so you have to figure it out based off of what you click and then you can like flag a bomb there's just too much uncertainty with a game like that yeah too much too much thinking yeah no um so besides that really just minecraft playing on the server 
I put maybe 20 hours into my area, cleared out a mountain, made a huge pumpkin patch, and just lots of trading with some villagers. Nothing too, nothing that I can really ramble on about without sounding extremely boring. Like, I got 40 stacks of dirt, dude. Yeah. Or like four double chests of cobblestone. Like, nothing super exciting. Um, mainly just planning out where I want to build or what I kind of want to build as my main house. Okay. Um, so I'm feeling like a Dorvin kind of city, mm-hmm. um, like the Misty Mountains kind of home. Okay. So and now I'm kind of just planning out how I want the pillars, how I want the opening to everything, <coughs> and then how big correlated with the time consumingness of it. Um, so yeah, mainly just that. Um, you had mentioned Final Fantasy X. Yes. Before we go into that, though, I do want to say, I think once I get settled into the new place, um, it, and eventually I'd like to stream Minecraft, but I think it'd be fun to get into a routine with the community of, even if no one shows up and it's just you and myself, doing like Minecraft Mondays. Yeah. And just getting on for one to two hours, or if we end up playing until two o'clock, on, o'clock in the morning, so be it. Um, just running around doing what you do in Minecraft. I don't even really know yet. So (laughs) such a noob like way of, yeah. But I mean, I think it'd be fun because we've kind of pitched and talked up like, what if we got like a monthly thing to go together for the Otaku Brothers community and playing a game on a, whatever night it ends up being. It takes a lot of coordination and a lot of effort to get some type of server, whether it's battlefronts or some other battle Royale type game. But at least with the Minecraft server, we already have it up and running. All we have to do is log in and anyone on the Discord, just, hey, pop in, let's play some Minecraft. And if people are not on the Discord, by the way, you absolutely should be. (coughs) Click the link in the show notes below. You're automatically added to the server. Always fun discussion going on there. Yeah. My thing right now is because my credit card was stolen, Mm. uh, everything subscription-wise for the server is tied to that credit card. So I'm like... I'm praying that I get my credit card soon so I can like re-input that. So you ordered one? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it's like seven to ten business days and I called Tuesday. Oh, you'll be fine. Yeah. So I'm hopefully, I think we should be good, fingers crossed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I really like that idea of like Minecraft Mondays or whenever we decide I need to break your Minecraft virginity. I want to steal that from you. <laughs> You're the only person I'd want you to have it stolen from, Ryan. Talk yeah. dirty to me. Oh, please. Yeah. Punch my tree. I'll do it. <laughs> um, no, I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, I, I also want to play Monster Hunter with you. I don't know how we do that community-wise, but... Um, We'd have to open up a server. We can only have four people, right? Yeah. On the team. Yeah. So, yeah, that's another thought. But, yeah, no, I really like the idea of getting you into minecraft yeah we'll make it happen we could honestly just make a game out of it my uh monster hunter wednesdays minecraft mondays yeah no i'm game for that yeah we we can do something fun uh once i get settled in to the new digs i I mean monster hunter actually kind of sounds well because you showed me the armor uh, of that one game right now yeah um and if you're into like changing armor and just grinding out bosses Mm -hmm. that's essentially all it is yeah yeah uh plus it's wrapping up their final monster um october 1st Mm, okay so it'll be i think their last monster that they're releasing for iceborne i mean between that 
all the base game stuff, the, the monsters they added, the Iceborne DLC, the Horizon stuff, the you have Resident two Evil full stuff. Games to play. Yeah, yeah, there's so much stuff to explore and, and, and play and experience. So I'm definitely looking forward to. I, I've been saying this for well over a year now for both Minecraft and Monster Hunter, but it will happen. Uh, yep. They're both things that I'm interested in. It's not like I'm playing you here and I have no interest in these games. I, I definitely do. Yeah, I mean, it took me like three years to get you to play Horizon. I'm still working on God of War. Yeah, well, it took like 27 years of your life to play Kingdom Hearts, so I think we're, we're square. It's just fucking Destiny Island, dude. That Riku race yeah. is the worst. It's the best. It, it's because I suck, yeah, mainly. It is. Uh, at running. Um, I got around to it. I've only played... I, I just haven't played the side stuff for Kingdom Hearts, and I'll get there eventually. There's a lot. There's more side there, stuff. I know. There there's base, like a hundred base games. games. <laughs> uh, there's one with like Aqua. This is the one you really liked, right? Well, that's two point eight fragmentary passage, three five eight over two days times sixty four. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, I still have to play some stuff on my backlog. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then Final Fantasy. How did that even come up? Yeah, so Final Fantasy X. Obviously, I I love my RPGs, particularly the Final Fantasy games. It's rare at this point in my life that I'm going to go back and play. Like there were a ton of Xbox 360 RPGs, like Infinite Undiscovery, The Last Remnant, uh, Blue Dragon. The only the 360 RPG that I really want to go back and play is Lost Odyssey because okay. people really kind of touted and pitched that as being the true Final Fantasy 13 even though I think those people are crazy because I love Final Fantasy 13, But all of that to say, it plays like a Final Fantasy game. And even Sakaguchi, one of the original Final Fantasy creators, he was the one who kind of directed and created that game, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And I'm probably speaking out of turn for this, but I want to say Nobuyu uh, uh, Umatsu, one of the, the famed Final Fantasy composers, he may have composed the soundtrack to the, that game. Maybe it was just Blue Dragon. I can't remember. Okay. All I'll of that to say, my, my point in all of this is that it's rare that I go back and play RPGs that are outside of like the Dragon Quests and Final Fantasies and the E's that I missed out on because those are series that I know every time kind of what I'm investing my time in. Yeah. And it's such a beloved series of games that um, I don't feel like I'm going to waste 60 hours of my life and get to the end and say that wasn't worth it. Do you think you'll ever go back and play Dragon Quest Eleven? I kind of think I'm just going to live vicariously through Lauren with that one. Her like seven year experience. Yeah. Trying I, to get through it. I don't know. I just... I think for me, if I'm going to go back and play a Dragon Quest game, it's going to be 8. Because okay. I have that on the 3DS. That's one of the most well-liked games in the entire series. And honestly, it's the one I'm most ashamed to say I haven't played. Because I've played 4, 5, 6, 9, and, and part of 11. I finished 4, 5, 6, and 9. Okay. Um, 7 I'll probably never finish because that game takes like 150 hours to beat. Um, but 8 especially was that game on the PS2 that I remember walking into Best Buy and it was between that and like Shadow of the Colossus and Thrillville on the PS2 that I always looked at longingly saying, I'm going to pick you up someday, but I never ended up doing it. Hey, I mean, you still have time. Yeah, Thrillville. I got your back. But anyways, Final Fantasy, um, Nornsey, good friend of the show. He's also in the Discord. Uh, congrats, buddy, if you're listening to the podcast on your Breath of Fire 2 speed run. Uh, mad props. But he was playing Final Fantasy X on uh, Twitch. Hmm. Um, he's kind of been playing that intermittently um, over the past couple weeks. And just watching him play some of that game, hearing the music, the characters that, um, while I don't, I'm not familiar with the story, I'm well aware of those characters. Yeah. 
I was just like, I really need to give Final Fantasy X its fair shot because I started it on the PS3, maybe, the remake, and then I started it on Vita, and I always get like about an hour in and I never really commit to it. Um, so I popped it in on the PS4, and I'm about two, three hours in. I'm not super far, um, but it's definitely kind of the RPG or JRPG experience that I kind of wanted to to kind of get invested in. I played Final Fantasy 15 earlier this year, and that was more of kind of a open world monster hunter type game okay. uh, rather than a traditional Final Fantasy game. However, it will be among my top fav- favorite games of the year, no doubt. But it's just a different kind of Final Fantasy game. So is ten very linear? It is, yeah. It which is. is which is really interesting because everyone <laughs> hated on thirteen for being so linear and saying this isn't Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy is open sprawling environments and airships and going wherever you want, whenever you want. And I'm like, I'm three hours into Final Fantasy ten and it is just as linear as Final Fantasy thirteen. So what does linear mean for a Final Fantasy? Like it means how you, do you grind. You see your little grid map and you have very confined spaces. You have a village and then you have another way marker on the map that you need to go to, but beyond that, it's not like you can leave the city and you have this whole sprawling map to explore. Okay. How do you grind? It's still too early on. I mean, I'm still kind of um as tedious, I'm still trying to learn the the ropes of of combat and I just got a mage and um, okay. I'm getting kind of all my party members that I assume or presume will be my, my team for the remainder of the game. Do you know if it stays linear the entire game or do you think it'll break out eventually? Uh, I have no clue to be honest okay. with you. Um, but I mean, it's some of some people's favorite final fantasy yeah, game. It's Rick's fan, our favorite. Yeah. I mean, I remember, um, talking in blink stream or maybe it was Nornsy stream, uh, we were kind of just uh, ranking our favorite Final Fantasy games, and everyone was kind of saying, and Blink is someone, and Nornzy is RP, and Sprite as well, were saying that um, they've played a great deal of Final Fantasy games, and for many of them, uh, 10 kind of comes in at that number three spot in terms okay. of being their favorite. Um, so I'm sure it, it'll probably rank pretty highly for me as well, since I, I've only finished like four or five of the Final Fantasy games, so... Yeah, I don't think I haven't finished any. That's a yeah. problem. We need it to it is. That. Yeah, I need to change and play one of them. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I I don't know if "grew up with those characters" is the best phrasing, but my favorite or one of my best friends from maybe it was it first or third grade, like one of the earlier grades, mm-hmm. was super into the Final Fantasy X. So okay. I have to play it for him eventually. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think you'll like it. I mean, it's definitely very accessible. It's newcomer friendly. If you've never played a Final Fantasy game, I'd probably tell people to play 9 just because I think that has such a childlike aesthetic. It kind of almost has a Disney-like story to it. Um, Is that one on... What is that? It's originally on PS1, but you can get it. You can download it on PS4. Okay. Um, But I think that is very accessible. People might think the graphics are kind of primitive nowadays. I personally think it holds up really well. Um, but I think 10 nowadays for someone that maybe is like a teenager yeah. that is like, hey, how do I get into RPGs? I think 10 is a really good place to start. Yeah, once I get my credit card back, I tried to go to GameStop, but it's kind of an obscure title to hope that GameStop has it in yeah. in stock. Um, so yeah, once I get that back, I'll be able to get it on PSN. Nice. Yeah, no, I think you'll like it. It'll be a fun game to uh, kind of report back on progress. Here, yeah, here the show. and I think Mario Mario's this week, right? It is, yeah. So that'll 
probably take up most of my time. Yeah, I will probably not get to play that game until Lauren finishes Sunshine. Yeah, that's she's fair. definitely going to get first dibs on that, even though I paid for it, Lauren. Come on, Lauren. You don't listen to this podcast, but you know. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, other than that, this week I finished The Witcher Three. Yeah. So when we had yeah, uh, Mr. Blinkum on the podcast last week, I thought that I was kind of um, on Act Three, really kind of ramping up. The story was picking up, and I figured I was gonna kind of ride this game out and finish it in about a week. Well, it was literally two days later. Um, well, those two subsequent nights, I pumped in some serious hours and was just kind of steamrolling the end of the game because fortunately, between like the half halfway mark of Act Two through the rest of the game. They're just lobbing experience points at you. And maybe it's because I was playing on an easier difficulty. I'm not sure if they um, like it increases they scale the experience. experience points yeah. payouts based on difficulty. Uh, but certainly on the difficulty I was playing on, I was just leveling up like a mad person. And uh, that kind of proved dividends because then by the end, I wasn't frustrated. I was really able to kind of hone in, focus on, and experience the story. Okay. The somewhat unfortunate thing, and certainly no spoilers here, um, and I kind of heard about this, but there's, I think, three different endings to the game. And so once the credits rolled, I wouldn't say I was disappointing, disappointed in the ending. Yeah. I was a little surprised how things wrapped up, um, but I went online and was just like, different endings to Witcher 3. You know, what are they? And I was reading through them, and this list ranked, based on like the masses' opinions, uh, what they typically would say is the best versus the worst ending so i read the first ending and i'm like wow that's this really could have been like one of my favorite games of all time if that's how things wrapped up but i didn't get that ending i go on to the next one i'm like that's still pretty good maybe not what i would have liked to have happened and then it's like the worst ending (laughs) and i was like the (laughs) ending i got and by by worst that's such a relative term it's certainly a subjective one i think it's still wrapped up really really nicely to say a game I've pumped probably upwards of 60 to 80 hours, somewhere between there, um, to have the final act, the final hour or so, completely damper the whole experience and make me think that the previous 60 plus hours were a waste of my time, there's no way I could ever say that. I loved the game beginning to end, even if it kind of has a slow start. I think it's just a monumental achievement in storytelling and video games, Certainly in a Western RPG where I typically wouldn't get as invested in story, like your Skyrims and Oblivions, it's very art, you know, it's very high fluff fantasy Tolkien type stuff where I'm just like, yeah, let me just whack, you know, rats and uh, mud crabs with a sword and move on with my life and Fusro Da my way to the end. I don't really care a whole lot about the story. Um, where this is definitely the complete opposite of that, where every dialogue choice, I wanted to make sure I was very particular about what I was saying to these different people during cutscenes. It was headphones in podcasts off what's going on, where are people's at, what are these characters motivations for doing the things that they want to be doing. Um, and so I think when you kind of tally all that up and consider all that, it's ranks among one of my favorite games of last generation. The combat is so fun. Um, both between playing as Siri and Geralt. I talked in an early podcast episode where I felt like the developers at CD Projekt Red did a terrific job with with making each character feel very distinct and the way those characters play. Um, horse riding is one of my favorite in all of video games because especially when you get into combat on your horse, yeah. as you get closer to enemies, things slow down in time and Geralt just winds up his sword and just like, 
slices these people's heads off and everything like that. Yeah. I think that was one of my biggest criticisms of Ghost of Tsushima, where it's like, for a game that's, I think, rated M. Yeah, I think so. Where you have a samurai sword, where the slight touch of it, you're literally going to get a cut on your finger. Mm-hmm. But whenever you slice these people, you don't see limbs falling off. There's some blood splattering, but it didn't feel very realistic where it's like The Witcher 3, you slice someone, you could like horizontal (laughs) slice their entire torso off of their body. Really? Uh, Which some people, you know, might say, I don't really want my games to be that graphic, but I I think it's kind of fun just hacking and slashing these people No, I think that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know how much that would have added, but it still would have been fun. Yeah. I mean, it's a very minor critique of an, an incredible game. Yeah. No. So, did you ever get into the card system? No. No. Zero. (laughs) I I didn't expect you to. And I think that's what I love about The Witcher 3, too. And another thing that you can just continue to sing its praises is that they have so much in the game. Yeah. But it's never, they never pigeonhole you where they force you to get invested in the Gwent um, card system. So, like most of the people that you talk to, there's always a dialogue choice. It's like, do you want to play cards? And it's like, no, I don't want to play cards. <laughs> but there's so many decks. I mean, there's basically, it's Pokemon card the game where you can run through this whole game, collect all these cards, go to merchants, build an awesome deck, go into the pub and lose hours of your life betting and playing this card game. Or you can play the first tutorial card game because they force you to and yeah. never play it again. Hmm. So can you... You gam or you can bet on the card games. Is that how that works? Yeah, you can place wagers when you start the okay. game. Um, how useful is money? Like, how useful would that mechanic be? It's 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 one of those things where I never felt like restricted or it slowed my progress. Like, I needed to go out and do a bunch of side quests to rack up a bunch of coins so I could buy the next sword. So, do your weapon upgrades and? Um, armor and stuff come from shops or do you get them from missions or how does that work both i think it's it's in your best interest to just do a bunch of side quests because you're getting weapon drops either from the enemies and chests that you find in caves and dungeons and stuff like that or you're just rewarded new swords and armor and shoes and even things for your horse saddles for your horse by just completing those quests and i think it happens so frequently that you never feel like you're using the same sword forever unless of course you want to use that same sword because it just looks really awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Is there a lot of variation between the weapons and like armor and stuff or is that The swords I would say not so much. Like the hilt color changes pretty frequently. Okay. The length of the sword changes pretty frequently. Um you can equip runes to the blade so it literally glows purple, red, red, cool. or, uh, green depending on the whatever you want to attribute to that sword, whether it's like 5% chance you're going to inflict poison on your enemy, 5% you're going to inflict burn or bleed on your enemy type of thing. Okay. Um, But then you also have like dwarven swords or axes or elven swords, and those look very distinguishable from your traditional steel swords and long swords. Okay. What did you stick to mainly? I just stick to like the steel and long swords. Okay. Um, you have two. I think it's steel and silver. Yeah. You have two blades that you're always wielding at any given time. But by the end of the game, I found like this elven greatsword where it looked something like right out of like a something. Uh, it did look pretty like cool. Like Haldir or like Legolas would use. Yeah. In, like the Lord of the Rings. Um, so that was kind of my weapon of choice by the end of the game. Like I fought the final boss with that. I never wanted to give that up. And thankfully it was so overpowered that I never found a better weapon. Okay, cool. So, final boss, what are your takes? Mm. Good, bad? I know nothing about the final boss, so... 
I thought the final boss was amazing, very menacing looking. Okay. Um, <laughs> reminded me very much like a a Sauron, but had more of a human side to the character. Okay. So I'm guessing it's the guy from the very beginning, like the riders. The Wild Hunt. I mean, yeah. they're the main enemy. The game is, there's no spoilers there. It's literally called The Witcher 3, The Wild Hunt. Um, that's the main group of enemies in the okay. game. That's after Siri, And I won't get into the reasons they want to capture Siri or anything like that. But um, because that's like the first like ten minutes of the game. Yeah, and I would say it's not as anticlimactic as the end of Shadow of Mordor, where you kill I don't know Sauron. You know, it's it's not like that. I feel like um the battle wasn't as uh, difficult as I would have expected it to be. Okay, but I was also playing in like the easiest difficulty. So um, and I was pretty leveled up at that point where there was very zero chance that the the final boss was going to give me a tough time. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. Um, that's another one that I have yet to play. Yeah. No, and it's tough. Like, we talk with Blink where it's just like, man, that's such an investment, you know? Um, yeah, that's the big hurdle that I've been trying to get over. I think if you if you just want to experience the story, turn the difficulty all the, ra- all the way down, you can probably beat the game in 40 to 50 hours. My thing is, like, I'm very obsessive. So, really? like... You, maybe just a little I've bit. I've only recorded <laughs> 91 episodes of this podcast with you. I had no idea. Yeah. And I mean, similar to you with The Last of Us Part 2, like if I start something and I'm like, this is fucking awesome, I'm going to do that thing for until it's done. Yeah. So that's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid I'm going to like it. But it's one of those things where you're not tied to Twitch streaming and all these other things where you you have to play a bunch of different stuff. Like you, yeah. and especially now being in a gaming funk, your gaming tastes are not split between four to five different games that I'm playing right now. Like the Witcher three, I think, especially like during the winter months, I think that'd just be a fun game to get lost in. Yeah. Especially if we're still confined to our apartments. And stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really think this is the game up your alley. Yeah. I might have to take it back then if you're not going to. Yeah. I'm not going to play the DLC. Um, is there, is it just one DLC or is there there's two? two and two. apparently it's like just as long as the base game to finish. So, Yikes. um, CD project red doesn't mess around. No, not at all. That's and I sure. heard the side quests are all really good. So amazing. Yeah. I think the, some of the side quests are just as good as the main story quests. Wow. So, and again, it's one of those things like the Gwent card game where you don't have to invest in that stuff. You can completely miss it. And that means a lot of the very influential side characters don't play a role in the end of the game, which is, I would say to your detriment if you don't get invested in that type of stuff. Okay. So. Yeah, I might pick that up this winter then. I think you'd like it. The other game that I've been playing kind of in a similar vein uh, is Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning. This was a game that came back that came out in 2012 that uh, was pretty beloved. It kind of went under the radar of most people because it was um, had to compete with the Dark Souls and the Elder Scrolls Skyrims of the world. Um, but I think, you know, playing it now, I played it for maybe a couple hours in the beginning of this year, and I never actually played it back then. And it doesn't really feel like a remaster. If really? anything, maybe if the graphics were a little blurry and glossy back then, they've kind of cleaned that up. But it doesn't feel like I'm playing an RPG that was built in the year 2020. However, I don't think it needs to be based on what this game does so well. Kingdoms of Amla Re-Reckoning is just the perfect podcast game. It's really? a game that you turn on Saturday morning, you brew a pot of coffee, you binge your entire podcast feed, or if you're just watching a kind of mindless Netflix show, like 
you're rewatching Avatar and the Last Airbender for the umpteenth time, and you're you're dealt a beautiful, vibrant, colorful world with tons of side quests. It's a third person action RPG. Like, listen, we're not getting Fable for probably two plus years. Get Kingdoms of Amalur re reckoning. This is the best Fable game since Fable Two, probably. Okay. It's just really good, mindless fun. Um, you're constantly getting new gear for your characters, whether through side quests or just finding random... Uh, and it changes your appearance. Right? Find, yeah, finding random chests littered across the world. You open that up. You open up the menu system. You quickly um, add the new gear to your character. It tells you the difference between the old gear versus the new one, what it benefits you. And what's really neat about this game, too, is that you can add all of the old gear to a junk folder. So that when you go to a merchant, it's like, do you want to just sell all your junk? You can just sell your junk as opposed to kind of thumbing through your entire inventory list. And it's like, eh, I don't want that, but I maybe want that. Uh, I want that for later in the game just because it kind of looks neat, you know? Uh, I wish all RPGs did that. It's just a super streamlined action RPG, you know? Um, as opposed to something like Dragon's Dogma, where I felt it was kind of bogged down. That's what I was thinking you were talking about. And still living in the, you know, late 2000s era where it didn't have those quality of life improvements that you would expect from a game nowadays. I I think Kingdoms of Amalur Re-Reckoning does it in strides. And so if you're looking for just a fun, mindless game that I wouldn't play this instead of The Witcher 3 if you just want something mindless. Witcher 3, you want to be invested in that story. Okay, and that came out when? You said recently? Last week, yeah. Last week. And it's 40 bucks, you know, it's not 60, so you're, you're kind of, I would say you're kind of playing paying a premium. Um, yeah. Maybe wait till it drops till th- to 30 pr- $30 price tag, but um, even at 40 I mean, my gosh, people, Grant Kirkhope composed the soundtrack, so what, more could, look nice. what more could you ask for? It does have like a Fable-style kind of... I don't know, look to it. Very colorful. Yeah, for sure. No, I might have to pick that up. It reminds me of that one game on the PSP. We've mentioned them so many times. It's, uh, what's that looter on the PSP? Uh, I think you're thinking of um, Untold Legends Brotherhood of the Blade. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I forget every time and you always... And I'm always here for you. You got my back. That's right. No, it's got that kind of aesthetic. I could probably go for this. Yeah. Honestly, for you and the funk that you're in, I would put Final Fantasy X and Witcher 3 on hold until maybe the winter months after, you know, Mario kickstarts your, your gaming itch again mm-hmm. and pop in Kingdoms of Amalur. So is this like, let's go out into the wild and grind? Like, Literally. And really? it's one of those things where... Um, like big sprawling open areas. Yeah. Big open area, a couple spiders come your way. Every spider you kill, you're getting 5, 10 XP points, you know? Mm. XP points is kind of redundant experience points. There you go. Yeah. See, yeah, I, I could probably go for this right Bunch now. Bunch of fest questy yeah. stuff where it's like, oh my gosh, my husband went out in the wild and I don't know <laughs> yeah. what happened to him. And then you go find the husband, you kill a couple, you know, Things, werewolves or yeah. whatever. And then you bring him back and she rewards you with a sword and a cupcake and a bunch of experience points and money. It's just a bare bones RPG, but it's, it has everything, everything that it does, it does really well. Okay. But it's not going to be the next Witcher 3. And it never tries to be. That's good. No, I'll have to pick this up. Uh, the last game that I've been playing is a little game called Hot Shot Racing. Our boy Jason Heine composed the soundtrack to this one. This is 
basically a callback to all the classic arcade games of yesteryear. Your Daytona USA's, uh, your cruising U- or your Daytonas, your cruising USA's, your outruns, your Ridge Racers, and it just feels and controls so well. Has a very poppy polygonal type of art style to it. Um, the drifting mechanics just feel so good. Uh, this is just a really fun racing game. And if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, uh, I think I picked this up for like 15 bucks. I'm not sure if it's on sale on the Xbox Marketplace or not. You can get it on Switch. You can get it on PC. If nothing else, do it to support Jason. He composed one kick-ass soundtrack, and I wanted to play a sample of his song just so people can kind of get a taste of what you're buying into here. Uh, again, this is Hot Shot Racing, a really, really fun traditional arcade racing game. So uh, this song, again, composed by our guy Jason Heine, called Canyon Run. So yeah, Jason Heine composed a soundtrack to that, and it's, uh, yeah, if you're just looking for a, a, run, a fun pick-up-and-play racing game, this is the way to go. I think a lot of people in the community are going to be playing it. Jason's been streaming it a bit. Blank streamed it. Um, yeah, if we can get some multiplayer action going, uh, I think it'd be good times. Yeah, I really like the style of it. Yeah, and yeah. He, he has his whole soundtrack here on YouTube, too. You can play it on Spot, Spotify, look up Heine House Entertainment. Um, yeah, I was jamming out to them last night. Yeah, how was that? It was a lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. Got a shout out. What do you say? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> shout out stuff. I don't know. Well, Jason um, might be yeah. uh, working on some other music for the Otaka Brothers podcast in yeah. the, uh, the next chapter of this show. So, um, potentially stay tuned for that. Yes. I think it'd be good times. But that's all I got, Ryan. I mean, I, I think this is a kind of a smaller episode, a little bite-sides of Otaka Brothers episode, but we're also yeah. uh, riding the coattails of a three-hour oh. show. <laughs> With Blink last week, so yeah, don't want to overwhelm everyone. Exactly. So hopefully, um, hopefully everyone is also excited for the next generation of gaming. I don't care what console you play on. We got great games on the horizon for all of us to play, which is always a good thing. And, but I am curious, you know, where is everyone at with the next generation of games? We are just in a very weird place because of this crazy year. So get in the Discord, talk about it. We're always talking about uh, the next generation of gaming or hot sauce or Taco Bell. There's just all kinds of crazy discussions going on in there. So please, if you're not in the Discord, click the link in the show notes below. We'd love to have you in there. We have a couple guests lined up for the future of this show leading up to the very much anticipated episode 100 of the Otaku Brothers podcast. So stay tuned for those guests in the coming weeks. Ryan and I, again, are trying to record as best we can every week leading up to kind of the Christmas timeframe so that we can kind of ring in that Christmas uh, celebration with episode 100. But with that being said, Ryan and I are both hotly anticipating the Wednesday showcase of the PS5 thing, as I'm sure many people are. We'll definitely be talking about that next week. Uh, But I think that's all I got, Ryan. So as I always do, 
at the end of a No Talk Brothers podcast, I turn it back to you and say, do you have any parting words for our listeners? Yeah, just have a good week. Uh, try to get more sleep than I'll probably get working third shift and get hyped for next generation. There it is, folks. Get hyped for Kana, Bridge of Spirits, Halo Infinite, Miles Morales, Spidey, Dark Souls, not Dark Souls, Demon, Demon Souls. Souls. Yeah. Bunch of good games. All right, folks, we will see you next week. See ya. See ya.